am so blessed to be here. Thank you, Monica, for reaching out to me, and thank you, the leadership, for welcoming me. And thank you to all of you who are here right now. I can hear there's some sound, but I believe you. I just... You know the gospel is good news, so I believe today we will enjoy, and we will be happy, and the title that I have in my heart for today, you know, I will speak on living the better covenant. I will pick up some of what Monica said and then continue from there. But what I put as a title for today is security and assurance in Christ. Amen. Security and assurance in Christ. Because if we try to get security and assurance based on what we do ourselves, we will never reach there. There will always be something lacking. Yeah. But in Christ, there comes the security and assurance. So we will talk about that today. And I have, uh, you know, I'm used to do seminars. So when I make a list that I'm going to speak, I'm going to make this one in 30 minutes today. But I could also have made this one in three hours. <laughs> so we'll just try to speak fast, but not too fast because we want to understand the message, okay? Now, let's just open our Bible somewhere. You know, by the way, before I open the Bible in the first scripture, I used to say like this, that I am half African. You know, I'm Norwegian on this side and I'm Kenyan on this side. I lived six years in, in Kenya, and I really, really appreciate, you know, we never compare cultures, we never compare nations, but we just receive the beauty and flavor of every nation. And I hope that Africa has come some on me because I love the way you treat each other, the respect, the welcome. There are so many, so many beautiful things that I have treasured for these years, and I hope I am bringing that wherever I go. But in, in Hebrews chapter, uh, 8 verse 6. This is like the, the heading always when I speak about living. I, I call the book Living the Better Covenant, but I would like to call it Living and Ministering the Better Covenant. But in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 it says, But now he, that's Christ, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. And when I hear this word better covenant, Christ is the mediator of the better covenant. What, this word better, then it comes some question to my mind. What is it better than? And we know it is compared to the Old Covenant. But then comes the question, how much better is it? Just a little bit, or is it a huge difference? And it is a huge difference. And then another question, why is it different, better? What is the difference? And I think 30 minutes now is not enough. In the book, there are 40 hours. It is still not enough, but it is beautiful to discover how much better it is and why it is better. What is different? And 
uh, it says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, I like this scripture. It says that Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. He has become the guarantor of a better covenant. You, we know that if we want to go to a bank to get a loan for, for something, especially if it's a big loan, the first question they will ask is, who, what or who is your guarantor? I am so glad, even me as a minister, yes, as a believer, but even as a minister, I'm so glad that I am not the guarantor for the better covenant because it is too much a burden on my shoulders. My job is just to give the good news. He is the guarantor that this is true, that he's confirming it, that we can rely on it. I am just the messenger. That's why if you don't remember my name after this sermon, it is still okay. Just remember his name. Amen. His name. Amen. And if you don't remember my title after this seminar, no problem at all. Just remember his title. Amen. He's the savior, he's the healer, he's the deliverer, he's the prince of peace, and he's the mediator, the guarantor Amen. of the new and better covenant. Remember him. Amen. And then you can just say, if somebody asks, what, what happened in church today? Well, there was some... There was some half, half Norwegian, half African lady. <laughs> you don't need to remember my name. You remember his name. Amen. His name. And he says that he's the guarantor. Now, if we think about it, just, just as an introduction, you know, the covenant with Abraham, which is like the new covenant is the fulfillment of the covenant with Abraham. But the covenant with Abraham, when God should make a promise, by faith, through grace, undeserved. Give a promise and a covenant with Abraham. What happened? They had prepared the animals and everything. But then, when Abraham was ready to do his part, God made him fall asleep. So Abraham did not have a part in cutting that covenant. He was sleeping. But there was a, a, like an oven and a torch that was moving between the animals. I believe it was God and Jesus Christ, even at that time, making the covenant of promise that one day the seed, Jesus Christ, would come. But what I want to say is that Abraham was sleeping. Now, in the new covenant, what was the disciples' part in establishing the covenant? Well, now I see everybody's looking there. I can see your eyes there. And now you have seen, now your eyes is coming back here. <laughs> now, imagine at the cross, what was the disciples' part in establishing the covenant? Nothing. Some of them had fear. Some of them ran away. Some of them stood on a distance. They had no part in establishing that covenant. What about you and me in 2022? Of course, we have no part. We were too late. We are 2,000 years too late. Why do I say this? It's because if the covenant was between God and us, potentially it could fail because we are not able to do our part perfectly. But this better covenant is between God the Father and Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ being given in this covenant. That is why God the Father 
is remain the same, Jesus Christ remain the same, and this covenant will be secure forever. Amen. And we, I, I see that so many of you are watching over there. I think that it is okay right now. You can turn off the, the scripture right there, and then I will tell you when there comes a new. Because your eyes are sliding over there. <laughs> it is okay. But um, what we want to see is that Jesus is the guarantor. And this covenant is between the God the Father and Jesus Christ. What about you and me? We slip right into the covenant on Jesus' side. Amen. In Christ, we slip right in. And we have all the privileges. Imagine. And, and uh, when we are going to compare the Old and the New Covenant, I just want to add one more thing as an introduction, and then I come to my first point. We compare the New Covenant with the Old Covenant, and in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 18, it says here, For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandments because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. So on the one side, yes, the message of the new covenant is that there is a new covenant. We are not under the law and the system of the law of the old covenant. That is the one message. But it doesn't mean us, it doesn't leave us lawless. No, we have a better law. We have the law of love, not not written on the wall, but put in our heart. So we have something better from the inside. And so that is what it says here. On, so on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandments because the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope by which we draw near to God. We draw near to God through Christ. Not through our performance, not through what we deserve. We have a better hope. That is why our focus is on preaching Christ. Our focus is on living in relationship with him and experiencing this better life. The life of religion and the life of living with Christ is very different. So yes, we are free from the life of religion, but we can now start enjoying the security and the assurance and the love that is found in Christ. Amen. Every day, that is what we enjoy. That is what we put our trust in. That was my introduction. And now the three points. The first point, we have a secure foundation. And now I will pick up what I know Monica told last message. But I will use it by illustrating the old and the new covenant. In, if I say the old covenant is on that side, and not only the old covenant, but every work-based religion is in the same way. But for example, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, 2, 3 which I know she read. It says that if you diligently obey everything in the law, then the blessings will come. 
and all these things will come upon you because you obey. So I used to call that like building a foundation or building a platform. And when, when I try, when I do my best, and it reaches a certain level, I step on top of it. You can see the platform there. I step on top of it, and now I can pray like this. God, I pray that you bless me because of myself. Look what I've done. And now some of you are like, ah, 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 I don't think that's the gospel. <laughs> no, but sometimes that's how we almost feel. <laughs> God, bless me because of myself. <laughs> but then we know that even when God gave the old covenant and the law, he knew that nobody would be able to live perfectly. That's why he gave the sacrifices at the same time. Not to take away sin, but to cover sin. And, and you know, you can imagine uh, if you have, you have a concrete wall there. Imagine if there is a big crack in that concrete wall. And it's like, oh, everybody can see it. It doesn't look good. It makes it more unstable. So what can we do? Well, maybe we put some paint on top of it so nobody can see. But it's still there. And you know, some, sometimes that is how we feel. We know there are some things in our heart. There are some cracks. Not perfect. Some crack here and some crack there. And, and maybe we put a smile on our face so nobody will see. But we think if people just knew who I really am, they, they would not love me the same. Or if God really knows, and he knows everything, so that's scary. You know? No. God doesn't want us to live like this. This is not the gospel. This is not how we approach God. That is why in the new covenant, God made a new platform, a new foundation. So that one is over here. And this one is made by another one. Not you and me, by another one. It's made by Christ. So can we agree that this platform, this foundation, is perfect? There is no crack. There is no crack. And this is the gospel. This is the good news. That you and I are invited to move. Amen. We are invited to move from there over on this platform. And we put both our feet on this platform. And here we live. And here, from here, we minister. And from here, we pray. Amen. And the prayers will be very different. Because on this platform, we will pray like this. Father, I thank you that you have blessed me because of Christ. Amen. Because of Christ. Mm -hmm. But now here comes the challenge. That because both of these covenants are in the same Bible, and especially when we read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, remember that the new covenant did not start at the birth of Jesus. It started at the cross. So when Jesus was teaching on the earth for some years, he was mainly teaching to the Jews, telling them about the weaknesses of they trying, trying to earn sal salvation or trying to, to earn um, uh, righteousness by their own effort. The Jews came to him and said, Good master, what must I do to get eternal life? He gave them the answer of the old covenant. 
You must, you must, you must. But on the cross, with his blood, he now established a new covenant. So, because we have both covenants in the Bible, we sometimes tend to want to put one foot on there and one foot on there. Or I rather illustrate it by having a third foundation in between, a third platform. And when I stand on this platform in between, I would say like this, I would pray like this. Father, I pray that you will bless me because of Christ and a little bit because of myself. <laughs> at least, at least I've really tried now. I, I put in more effort, I, 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 I try to be more obedient, I even wake up earlier in the morning and also be, because of Christ and a little bit because of myself. This is where we lose our assurance. Why? Because if what Christ did was not enough, how much do we have to add for enough to be enough? We don't know. And then one person say, oh, I pray 10 minutes every morning. And then another one say, I pray 30 minutes. Ah, 10 minutes is maybe not enough. And then another one, oh, I pray a whole hour every morning. Oh, so 30 minutes is not enough. There is no assurance if it is based on us and our performance. That is why we are invited again to move. We are invited to move away from this platform, foundation. We are invited to move away from this foundation. I advise you, pack your suitcases. It's time to move. You pack all your suitcases, every belonging. You take your whole family with you, your children, your friends. Please remember to take your ministry with you also. Because it's time to move. And we are now moving over to this platform. Amen. We put down our suitcases, we unpack. This is where we live from now on. Amen. Oh my Lord, what a big difference. And if we go to Galatians chapter 1, this is what we can see that there was such a struggle with uh, Apostle Paul with the Galatian church because they were mixing the two platforms. And you can see that, for example, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Here you can see, we are called in the grace of Christ. What does that mean? Undeserved favor. Completely. You know, I read a book re uh, just last night, uh, and there was one sentence that really struck in my heart. Because he said that, you know, grace is underserved. And then he says, when is the time you really need underserved grace? It is the time you have failed. Yeah. The grace of God does not stop when we have failed. That's the time the grace of God is really there undeserved favor, huh? So we are still on this platform. And even when we fail, we are failing on, we are falling on this platform. Are you with me? Amen. <laughs> we are not falling out of the platform. We are falling on the platform. What do we do? We stand up again. We never move away from the grace of God, the undeserved favor. But let us look here. 
I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of God to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or change the gospel of Christ. What does this mean? Let's say that for salvation, I look at Christ alone, and I know the grace of God, it is completely undeserved. But then after I'm saved, when I'm looking for the blessings of God, the, the um, anointing of God, the power of God, the miracles, and different things, even the love and acceptance, I'm turning away from the grace of God. That's what it says here. Now here comes my question. When we turn away from the grace of God, what do we turn to? Some say you turn to the devil. No, no, we never turn to him. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's wrong. What do we turn to? We turn to ourselves. Have I done enough? Am I good enough? Do I qualify? Those are the wrong questions. Listen, before you pray for a sick person, don't turn to yourself and see if you qualify to pray for the sick, because for guarantee, we all disqualify in one area or another. Now, what do we need to do? We, we know we disqualify in ourselves. We know there are cracks in ourselves. What do we do? We turn our eyes back on the grace of God. But too often, we move between these two platforms. Even me, after 25 years of teaching on the righteousness of God and the grace of God and different topics, I still find myself in this middle platform. And there's condemnation or there is guilt, and I have to speak the same message to myself. Mary, go back there. Your security, your assurance is only found by looking at Christ. He is your qualifications. Don't try to qualify yourself. Amen. Amen. So let me just give you this illustration. And now I see, I told you I'm used to have a seminar, so I'm still on point number one. Anyway, I want to give you this because there was a pastor in South Africa when he was a young pastor, um, he met a man that was demon-possessed. And then when he said to the demon, in Jesus' name, leave. And then the demon said, no, because I'm the kind of demon that does not leave without prayer and fasting. And you have not fasted, so I will not leave. What is this? What is this? He's making us turn away from the grace of Christ and over on ourselves. It happens so much. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is there to help us, to get our eyes back on Christ. And the Holy Spirit helped this pastor. So he answered, yes, I have fasted. Because Jesus Christ fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And he lived in me. Amen. And in his name, you have to live. And now we know the end of the story. <laughs> Listen. Whatever we do, we don't do it in our own name, based on who we are or what we have done. We do it in Jesus Christ's name, based on who he is and what he has done. That's why I told you, it doesn't matter if you don't remember my name. It doesn't matter. My name doesn't create any miracles. He's named us. Amen. And we all have his name. I used to say like this, there is no superstars in the kingdom of God. There is only one star, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And he lives, the same Jesus lives in all of us. The same. Amen. And we have the same foundation. So don't start trying to qualify yourself. Just trust him and enjoy his qualification. He qualifies. And I used to say like this, this is actually the teaching of righteousness. This is self-righteousness. It goes up, up, up. It improves, improves, improves. But then something happens, it drops down. And we lose our confidence. And we make promise to God, God, I promise to improve. I will never do that again. And then we try to build, build, build. And something happens, it drops again. This is self-righteousness. This is religion. We are never to, approve, we are never to approach God based on self-righteousness. We are to approach God based on God's righteousness given to us as a gift by faith in Christ. Oh my. And you know it says like that. In Galatians, no, 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 I cannot. Uh, Romans, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse uh, 19. It says, Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, now that was Adam and his disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Can you see? Righteousness is a gift based on Christ's obedience. Here comes my question to you. Where is your own obedience in this verse? Verse 19. Where is your own obedience mentioned? It is not mentioned. Now, you shake your head because of a, a mosquito, <laughs> not because of answering. <laughs> but it was the right answer. Your own obedience is not mentioned in this scripture. You are not made righteous because of your own obedience. You are made righteous because of Christ's obedience and his righteousness is given to you by faith. Amen. But too often, we mix self-righteousness and God's righteousness and we place ourselves in the middle. Even myself. And I have to remember, Mary, this is about Christ. What is righteousness? It was in this beautiful song. Righteousness means a right standing with God. Right, nothing wrong. Fully, completely right standing with God. It means like sin has never existed. Because remember, Jesus' platform is without cracks. It is perfect. So you stand in front of God like sin has never existed. Fully accepted. Fully forgiven. Not based on what you have done, but just by faith in Christ. From day one, we are on this platform. And that brings me now to uh, point number two and three. I'm going to make them very quick because there is uh, two illustrations. So I'm just going to uh, give you something to bring with you home and then 
the rest of the message you have to read in the book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a comparison with the Old and the New Covenant, where it says that the Old Covenant is conditional. You first. If you do good, God will do good. You first. But the New Covenant says, God has done something first. You are blessed first. You are forgiven first. You are loved first. And because of that, here comes the fruit. So obedience is still important. You know, everything we do has natural consequences. But you know what? It is no more an outward requirement, but it is an inward enablement. It is fruit. Because when we stand on the foundation called Jesus Christ, that's the half of the gospel message. The other half of the gospel message is that Christ comes to live in us. 